16 hours for each side on impeachment starting today. And uh, the Democrats are making their prosecution starting today. They don't have to use the whole 16 hours. Um, oh, thank goodness. There, <laughs> you get up to eight hours per day, so there will probably be eight hours of jaw on today. So I'll catch the highlights at the end of the day. Um, they claim they've got new footage from storming the Capitol inside the building that is going to be really impactful. I don't know. The video yesterday was damned impactful. So yeah. I don't know what they held back. Yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable with how show busy the prosecution is. Um, on the other hand, it was horrible. But, you know, and they're trying to make the question before the Senate, was this horrible? Well, indeed, that's not the question at all. Should the former president be removed from office and then we'll have a separate vote that he can't serve again? Mm -hmm. Interesting uh, notice from the CDC. I'm looking at the very uh, announcement. Centers for Disease Control. That's correct, Jack. How can there be more than one center? (laughs) I don't get it. You got one off to the side. That's the center. And the one in the center is the center. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the center's for self-evident to me. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is expanding the requirement for a negative COVID-19 test to all air passengers entering the U.S. Testing before and after travel is a critical layer, blah, blah, blah. How soon before you fly? Protecting the health of Americans. Uh, they mentioned, uh, I will get to that. Uh, they mentioned the variants continue to emerge in countries around the world. There's evidence of increased transmissibility with some of the variants. I have another question for you. Okay. I'm, you, yes? I'm more interested in this since I got a test the other day. Did the test I get test for the British strain, or do all the tests work? Yes. Okay. They all thus far identify, they all respond to the variants. So they're not That's sure with the vaccines, but they're sure with the tests. They're pretty sure with the vaccines. They're pretty sure that you're not going to get very sick. Um, but, you know, science evolves. Before departure to the U.S. of A., uh, a required test combined with CDC recommendation to get tested again three to five days after arrival and stay home for seven days post-travel. That's unrealistic. And it's suggestions. It's unrealistic. Will help slow the spread. Air passengers are required to get a viral test, a test for current infection, within three days before their flight to the U.S. departs and provide written documentation of their laboratory test results to the airline or provide documentation of having recovered from COVID-19. My town is suggesting we get tested twice a week. Because like I said the other day when I got my test, okay, so I got my results yesterday. Okay, so I know as of uh, 5 o'clock on Tuesday I didn't have COVID, but I could have gotten it yesterday. Sure, yeah. I was about to say my town doesn't have that up and running, so I had to pay 150 or 125 bucks before I went to see my mom and dad. Although it occurs to me my town might have it up and running, and I just had no idea. And then you got to ask the question: Do you want your town to have up and running? Because it's really, really expensive, and it's a taxpayer thing. Yeah. And if you only get a small amount of compliance, then it doesn't do much good anyway. I mean, it might do some good. You might know. be one of the 53% or so of people who are asymptomatic who have it, and you might think, oh, crap, i got to stop going into work. When I went and got my test the other day, it was a ghost town, and there were 30 people around getting paid $15 an hour? Mm. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I don't know if I think it's a good idea or not. I, I don't. You know, I have this uh, weird, ironic, pessimistic, snarky thought in my head that they're finally going to get the testing up and running. They're finally going to get, you know, distribution of the vaccine up and running. And the thing is just going to go away on its own. Yeah. Like diseases do. They just peter out. 
I hope it I know peters I out. It's funny. We will. We have a number of really, really smart listeners, and and it's it's cool that you listen. We appreciate it. But we have folks who have penned persuasive, science based, highly intelligent arguments that this will all be over soon and will be fine. And I'll see you at the concert, and then it'll be followed, you know, tip to tail, with another email explaining why this will be part of our lives for the rest of our lives. We're going to get vaccinated every year for the new variants. You just got to live with it. And I don't know which is which, which is true, and maybe both, maybe neither. I don't know. Twitter announced that Trump is permanently banned. I assumed that was going to be the case. So Whatever. Whatever. Um, What's the other Trump clip we love so much? Uh, the bull spit one, Michael. Bullshit. <laughs> And The Hill, which is a left-leaning publication, said GOP senators send clear signal Trump will get second acquittal. I have yet to come across a single media outlet, left, right, or center, that doesn't think, no, he's absolutely going to be acquitted. That's not even a question. Right. This is kind of a philosophical question, and it probably has more to do with how stupid most uh, cable news people are, but uh, they're pretty. They have very square jaws, and they speak clearly. Their teeth are very white. But a lot of them aren't terribly bright. Or they're so ideologically, they come off as stupid. If I, as a senator, sincerely believe it is unconstitutional to impeach and quote-unquote remove somebody who's already been removed, it's a moot point. If I sincerely believe that, how could I vote to convict? I mean, they make it sound like in the partisanship of the Republicans, clearly... It's not a crazy idea to think this is unconstitutional. I happen to disagree. I think it is constitutional. So where do you come down on uh, voting your conscience versus voting what the majority of your people want? Because a lot of these situations, back home, 80% of the people that uh, in their state want you to acquit, Mm -hmm. and they're Trump fans. Yeah. Or are you the Edmund Burke variety of, they sent me here, to they picked me to use my judgment. And I'm going to go with my judgment whether they agree with it or not. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We deal with that sort of thing in the radio show. There are some things that we say, some opinions we have that we know probably displease a lot of folks listening. And we've made a decision. We're just going to go ahead and say them. I think you clearly go with your judgment. And if people uh, decide they don't like your judgment, they uh, they vote you out. Yeah, I'd say in the abstract you do that. Politicians, though, are they're all about getting and keeping power. They don't. They don't give a damn about principle. Some of them go with principles and have it beaten out of them. But if you're only going to vote what the majority back home wants, why even have a representative? Just have right. a little vote, and then a computer sends the tally to Washington D.C. Right. Yeah. We don't have a democracy. I. The idea of a democracy well, we terrifies. Have, we me. would have too much democracy. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 We have a republic. Why don't we get rid of senators? Because uh, it's a little thing called the Constitution, Jack. <laughs> I don't know. Is that actually in there? Wow, that's an excellent self-argument there. It, it is actually in there. Okay, excellent. Uh, the whole Senate thing I is in the Constitution. I stand by my claim. It is absolutely in there. But my point is, if they're just going to vote what the majority of people want, then you don't really need a human being to do that. You could send a monkey. No, I think if you have... It, <laughs> now I'm listening. Monkey senators. Well, wait a minute. Represented by cat lawyers. <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, the blood. So much blood. <laughs> I tell you what, you ever seen an enraged chimp? Forget it. Just tear your own head off, because it's only a matter of time. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Which, 
Which reminds me of... Our conversations go far afield. My favorite conundrum. If I punch myself in the face so hard it makes me cry, does that make me a really tough guy (laughs) or a really wimpy guy? (laughs) I gotta ask my kids that. That is hilarious. Yeah, they would like that. But no, I think if you have any character, obviously, yes, you vote your conscience. Knowing that you have much better and complete information than the average person back home. And I don't mean to say that in an insulting way to listeners or voters or or whomever. Um, I spend a lot of my day, a lot of it, trying to understand all this stuff. I do it for a living, and I'm reasonably well compensated. Um, And there's loads I don't know about legislation and the rest of it. So if if my my congressman, who happens to be a friend of the the Armstrong and Getty show, um, if he says no, seriously, this is better. It sounds crazy, but this is better, and here's why. I'll defer to him because he's a good guy and a smart guy. Um, so yeah, I think you have to vote your conscience, whatever that is. And getting back to the question, if if I have voted, this is unconstitutional. A majority of my peers disagree. Do I have to put aside my belief that it's unconstitutional in my vote? Legally, politically. Hmm. I don't know. It's kind of a, a mind blank. It is. Well, the way the article impeachment is written, though, you can you can cover all that by just saying, no, I don't think his speech caused this to happen. And you don't have right. to get into that. Well, you can just vote no. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think it's probably like rules of evidence. I mean, if I think if I think that shouldn't be evidence, but the judge says absolutely it's admissible. Well, jurors flake all the time because they think the law is unjust. So one of the biggest companies in one of the biggest cities in America has already decided we're not going to bring people back to work. I mean, they, they, they still work here, but they can work remotely. That is going to turn the world upside down, man. Yeah, I, I mean, say. seriously. Um, we also have, uh, what was the other thing I wanted to tease? Oh, darn it. Flip, flipped out of my head. Dang it! I had a good one. Oh, did you hear the reduced traffic and air pollution actually warmed the world? During COVID? No, I haven't. Because there are fewer particles to reflect the sunlight. Oh, I want to hear about that. And, um... You can't call it breast milk anymore. <laughs> You're being encouraged not to call it breast milk anymore. Yeah, well, breast milk, breast milk, breast milk. So the, all that's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And every grim ritual I saw 22 years ago was on display today. The trick, if you're an impeachment manager, is to flatter them into thinking that what you want best comports with their sense of their own portentous grandeur. And one way to do that is to keep referring to the Senate as the world's greatest deliberative body. The senators love that. Today, Joe Nagu's got there first. And you don't have to take my word for it. This body the world's greatest deliberative body, the United States Senate, has reached that same conclusion. <laughs> bingo! Bingo! Don't try world's greatest deliberative body as your re-impeachment drinking game because you can't afford the beer tab. I know that one of the strengths of this body is its deliberative action. 
I have never known anyone anywhere on the planet who refers to the Senate as the world's greatest deliberative body. I once met a Malay who referred to the Dewan Nagara in Kuala Lumpur as the world's greatest deliberative body, but he might have been pulling my leg. <laughs> Mark Stein is something. <laughs> what a good writer he is. Well, I get I get that in concept. Um, uh, the idea that um, so few minority voices, sometimes one, can hold up things, and you have a long discussion about it. Mm-hmm. That 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 is that is what makes it so deliberative and, and amazing. Well, and then everybody does what they think is right. Of course, now, it's going further away from that every single uh, every year, right? For exactly. quite some time. Oh yeah, yeah. Now they just uh, yeah. This is a good story. In an effort to be trans-friendly, hospitals are advising nurses to no longer use words such as breastfeeding or breast milk, and instead use human milk and chest milk as more acceptable terms. Not just no, but heck no. That's right, I said heck. You people are crazy. If you say to you chest milk, trying to picture my wife in the hospital, you know, the, 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 the hours after your baby's just been born and everything that goes with that. Um, we got a, how are you doing with, uh, is any human milk coming? You just think, what? What? It's such a creepy, weird thing to say. I'd say, you know, that's, <laughs> they're, they're just trying to erase reality. So we're all terrified and just follow the party line. But, I don't care if you identify as a dude or a woman or you switch every three and a half hours. If you are lactating, you have breasts. Okay? It's breast milk. If I start, I'm going to scream. You can you can tell me to call it chest milk or boob dairy or ta-ta latte or whatever you want. Don't do that last one. Whatever you want. <laughs> it's breast milk. Teeth squeezing. Oh, that's Please do not use gendered language to... To address everyone. Did you say that... Did you say that there's a WNBA player who's come out as a transgender man? Correct. Well, you got to boot her out of the league then. Him, sorry. According to the very transgender activists who think big, hairy dudes who now consider themselves women should be allowed to beat down women in women's sports. you got to be consistent. I don't know how that's going to play out. So you might not know this if you don't live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Salesforce is the biggest employer in the city, so one of the biggest cities in America. With its bigger biggest, than Google, and well, in the city, that's in right. The city. Yeah, yeah, the biggest company in the in one of the biggest cities in the world um, has announced not we're not going to make people come back even when the pandemic's over. They did a survey with their employees, and two thirds of the workers said they would love the option of not having to come in. So either. Full-time or part-time, you get to be somewhere else. And they also have the biggest, I think it's the biggest office space in the entire city is the and Salesforce building. The building, right? Yeah. 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 And um, so that'll be completely empty or certainly mostly empty. Something's got to fill that. Yeah, I guess. I wonder. Then they'll try to lease that space out at some sort of loss. And I assume that company represents lots of other companies that are going to do the same thing. And uh, so... You can have all those empty places and all the coffee shops across the street from the building that'll go out of business and the convenience store on the corner and the gas station on the way home and the tire store and the, just everything won't need to be there anymore. Mass transit. 
And Salesforce's business model is teaching other companies how to become more efficient. So then once they get it nailed down, they're going to be showing their playbook to the other 150,000 businesses that are their customers. And this is how you do it. Not to mention how commercial uh, real estate taxes are a huge revenue stream for cities and counties and the rest of it. How about parking? Well, right. Yeah, that too. And these are already cities and counties that have enormous unfunded pension liabilities that are about to hit them like a bomb. So all the meters and that sort of stuff, parking, but just all those parking garages that are right. always full, making all that money, they'll just be empty. Wonder what? I'd love to talk to somebody who owns a parking garage or two in some of the big cities where they've just been empty for the past year. Well, there was a bloke who you, ca- you don't have much cost in pavement. No, although uh, this is, and this is pretty typical, actually. A guy wrote us from Sacramento where the talk show started decades ago. Uh, the Armstrong and Getty Show, and he was involved somehow in, uh, he had access to all the financing documents and the rest of it for building the new stadium that they built in Sacramento a few years ago. And it was substantially being financed by parking garage revenue. And there was a complicated, they leased it out, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But parking garages were going to pay for it. And ain't nobody parking in them. And so the revenue is plunged, and they're probably going to have to default on bonds or payments or whatever. Wow. So This is going to turn the world upside down in ways, you know, we've just barely scratched the surface of all the different things that are going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're already seeing, like, cat lawyers. So, obviously. <laughs> That's how crazy the world, the world has gotten. I don't know if I can handle more change than that. <laughs> really been turned on its head. <laughs> yeah. I got, let me adjust to the cat lawyers before you bring the next... Uh, Crazy thing, my wife. Right, right. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And uh, I, the other day, when I was down here in Washington, I came down earlier in the week to try to figure out how to find my way around. I worked in this building 40 years ago. I got lost then, and I still do. The founders recognized that the, the argument that I started with, that in, he talks about gallant men, which is the name of the, of the, uh, of the album. Good Lord. Trump's lawyer is giving the speech you give when you have to stall because the actual lawyer is stuck in traffic. That is kind of what it sounded like. So I, uh, I, ha- I saw the Twitter responses to Trump's lawyer, and of course, Bigfoot left-wing media thought it was terrible. They always do. They always think the Democrats' presentation was brilliant. It brought tears to my eyes. But the Republican response on all this stuff right. is always just stupid and childish and pointless. And, and they're racists. And I thought, okay, I've heard this a thousand times. Then I actually listened to it, the whole thing. It was rambling nonsense. Yeah, it was. And it, uh, Lindsey Graham said the same thing. He said, I thought I was following. Then I wasn't following. Um, Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law, who's been back in Trump a lot, said, I have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of people saying that. Mm-hmm. So it just, it was terrible. I don't, I don't know what happened there. I don't know how a guy with a law degree who's high enough up to get picked to do that job could be that bad. It's, I know a hundred people that could do a better job than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, personally. They switched strategies at the last second because they thought the uh, prosecutors had done a really good job and they wanted to, uh, you know, 
reverse field. And I think the guy had, and this happens occasionally, uh, like when you ad lib an entire radio show every single day. You think, you know, I got the germ of an idea. Yeah, yeah, this will work. And then it just doesn't come together. Sure. But that was rambling nonsense. That presentation. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Castor? Something like Castor, yeah. C A S T R. Yeah. Um, Bruce Castor. And he will be uh, two days from now leading the response, I guess, to the prosecution the Democrats are putting on right now. Unless Trump fires him. So there's no chance that he speaks today? I don't know. Okay. No. okay. Unless the Democrats wrapped up really, really fast. Okay. They have 16 hours. To do their thing. Do you I, think they'll take it? I would assume they use their eight hours today. I don't know if they'll mm-hmm. use the whole 16. Yeah. Anyway, um, so a, a number of people don't believe that the, the, the riot happened. I just saw this. I don't really want to talk more about this. I just thought this was interesting. This is an actual public official. Senator Shirkley of Michigan. He's the top Republican in Michigan. Quoted from the Detroit Metro Times yesterday. That wasn't Trump's people in the Capitol. That's been a hoax from day one. That was all prearranged. It was arranged by somebody who was funding it. It was all staged. Top Republican in the state of Michigan. We got this email. I know how you a-holes completely... Oh, I'm sorry. I love how you a-holes completely ignored that the leaders of the raid on the Capitol were not Republicans or Trump supporters. Thanks for having our backs. I think you are... Uh, siloed in your information. The Oregon, I think you're getting bad information. The Oregon Republican Party put out a statement last week saying it was that a it false was flag. Antifa, yeah. False flag operation. It was Antifa. Yeah. Well, that belief is out there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I would suggest you read the statements of the 120 people who have been arrested and charged so far. Um, uh, but you would say that that's made up by somebody and that's not what they actually said. So I don't, there's no point really in continuing the discussion. I think you're wrong. You think I'm wrong. Fine. So I came across this article from Erin Bonko that I don't know. She's with the Daily Beast. She wrote a, a story yesterday. Biden team fears no COVID herd immunity until Thanksgiving. Tell you so, what, that uh, that cat-headed lawyer was the Daily Beast for today. <laughs> What's next? I shudder to think. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but she uh, tweeted out about her story new Top members of Biden's COVID response team are warning internally that the U.S. may not reach herd immunity until Thanksgiving or even the start of winter, months later than originally calculated, according to two senior administration officials. That's because of the likelihood that the more uh, the variants will emerge in the coming months and they're going to get out faster than the vaccines are getting out. Mm. Thanksgiving or the start of winter, which is middle of December, um, that's practically next year, then. Yeah. What about the counter-argument that if the thing spreads that fast and you get immunity from having had it, I don't know. then that'll spread the immunity fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope they're wrong. That's what I hope. Yeah. Yeah. It could be one of those things. you got to always remember the clickonomics, as Sean would uh, hasten to remind us, that that's uh, a very exciting and scary story. I, I, I made the announcement a couple weeks ago. We are past clickonomics. We are in the meme economy now. The meme economy. The meme economy. Everything needs to be meme-based. Yes. Okay. Like the cat lawyer? Exactly. Yeah. I, I have an example of that. Somebody bought the website. I'm... I'm... What is it? I'm here. I'm not a cat. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> and was selling it for $300 yesterday. The wow. meme economy. We are in it. You guys are going to wish we lived in the clickonomics era. <laughs> I mean, that at least made sense. People are going for clicks. Clicks, they need money. Meme economy, it's chaos. 
What is it Jonah Goldberg always says? We will, we will come to a time where the, uh, the, the living envy the dead. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Where's the, where's the dang old? Uh, give me clip number four. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. You might want to. Uh, take, take we're trying look. to. We're tr- can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the- it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. I can see that. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. It's one of the great quotes in human history. <laughs> I like how he starts with. <laughs> we need to isolate that. Exactly <laughs> what a cat lawyer would start with. <laughs> he practically meowed. Let's play it again. Martin, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. You might want to. Cat lawyers. What's next? It's not a kangaroo court. It's a cat court. <laughs> oh, geez. I hope it wasn't an important trial. It's no. not a death penalty case, is it? Or I don't know. I have no idea, honestly. There was no jury, so unlikely it's that sort of thing, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing of law. It's, it's a good silence. Silence. All right. What else? What else? I, um... Don't like technology, as you know. Uh. <laughs> and so I could see that getting stuck on my Zoom thing and not being able to turn it off. Like, yeah, but I couldn't use. I got to t- get me one of those. I couldn't use my TV the other day because it said I need to download the latest software. When did that become a thing where I got to download new software to watch my damn TV? I want to turn on the TV and watch it. But I was I was heartened to uh, read the other day about George Orwell, who I'm a big fan of. That he hated all modern things. He hated concrete and cent- and, and electric heating, for instance. <laughs> concrete? Yes. Because uh. he didn't like new inventions. And I thought, wow. yeah, I'm with you, Orwell. Wow. In the same way. I'm, I'm okay with concrete, but... Uh, back to the insurrection briefly. This is from uh, Jeff, always helpful. I finally looked up insurrection. An act or instance of open revolt against civil authority or constituted government. A rising up, uprising, the act of rising against civil authority or governmental restraint, on and on. How are the riots in Portland not insurrection? They attacked the mayor's home, the mayor, the courtrooms, etc. Clearly okay. it was an insurrection, Jeff. It's an I, excellent point. I didn't know where he was going. So he's not arguing that that was an insurrection in D.C. That clearly was. Yeah. He's arguing that that was an insurrection in Portland when yeah, they tried see, to take you're over you're doing the- it. Was it was wasn't was what was was wasn't wasn't I couldn't see tell if you said wasn't wouldn't wasn't or was right there can 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 which did I say could couldn't 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 so you want was and was not was not I'm not arguing that that was not an insurrection no he's pointing out that yeah there are a hell of a lot of insurrections and it's a good point which does not excuse the crap in D C it's the it's it's what about ism it's about the dishonesty and inconsistency of our utterly disgusting media and politicians. Good point, Jeff. Thanks. I think we need to end with this clip five. The huge move by Elon Musk could further launch Bitcoin into the financial mainstream. Idiot. It's just someone saying Bitcoin instead of Bitcoin. 
That's all that is. That's all it is. It's not any deeper than that. If you're hoping for that, you got it. <laughs> I'm not a cat. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sweet. Imagine buying a pillow without considering the pillow's political ideology. Pillow wars have started <laughs> where you, you buy pillows from people based on whether or not they back your politics. All right. Inside Buckingham Palace as the Queen celebrates 69 years on the throne. I kind of felt like that after my cheese-a-palooza from the Super Bowl. <laughs> I have pillows. I can't recall ever purchasing one. Uh, I Really? Yeah. I... Go to your local uh, mattress store. You know who we uh, endorse and uh, get yourself a good pillow. I have purchased pillows, but most of the pillows I have, I have no idea where they came from. They just appeared. I feel like I'm in need of a new pillow. Yeah, It's a big deal, getting the right pillow. Is it bad when you have to fold them four times in half before they... uh... (laughs) Not a good sign. Okay. All right. Um, Going through my notes to see what we're going to miss here. Uh, CDC, they're supposed to come out with recommendations today on the whole schools thing, but one of them that's come out so far is they are suggesting double masking or going to uh, better fitted masks. So Hmm. we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Also, we're going to talk tomorrow about France is really worried that American-style wokeness is coming to their country, and they think it could tear their country apart. They should be worried. They should be worried about it. It's insidious. It's a poison. Wake up. Thank you. The fact that they see it as a um, as an American import over there is really troubling. If you I read James Lindsay's is. most excellent uh, cynical theories, he points out that a lot of that crap came from France. Started Actually, in France, French yeah. academics, uh, early twentieth century, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, tightly fitted masks are doubling up with both cloth and surgical <laughs> masks can reduce virus transmission by up to ninety six and a half percent. Do they mean from other masks? Or from not having a mask at all? I don't know. Probably from not having a mask. It's interesting. Uh, the uh, Always interesting. I want to make sure I get the name right. And we can talk more about this tomorrow. And they're going to put uh, out... Kevin. They're going to put out videos to promote the mask wearing with Harry Potter, Wonder Woman, The Hobbits, and other uh, well-known pop culture figures wearing masks. Yeah. Uh, Kevin uh, from Placerville, California, is a really interesting guy. Very bright, and he always documents what he says. Um, is is certain that masks don't work. There's no point in masks, and that the reason nobody's had the flu is because, uh, um, uh, what do you think? Uh, uh, respiratory disease. They crowd each other out. As soon as you're sick, your immune response kicks into high gear, and it's the prevalence of coronavirus that stopped the spread of flu, not masks. I could believe. Uh, I think you're completely wrong. I could believe that part, right? But I still don't. Just intuitively, why wouldn't a thick cloth stop droplets from getting into your lungs when you breathe. And if you've ever seen anybody talking backlit, you'll be astonished at the amount of stuff that flies out of their mouth and floats through the air. But Speaking moistly. In short, Mr. Prime Minister, sir. Well, does that crowd not believe the virus has actually exists or is spreading? Because if it's, how is it spreading if it's not spreading through the droplets in the air? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'll read it, and I'm not threatened by people disagreeing with me. I just think you're wrong. Um, uh, that one, like I said, that self-evident. One just, yeah, that one just seems intuitive. That one's not a complicated one. 
Right. And just the same way, you know, you put your shirt over your nose when there's a bad smell, which is particles in the air. Right. Because it makes it smell less. Right. Or, well, yeah, yeah. Putting a Band-Aid over a wound. I mean, it's self-evident. I don't need a study to show me crap is less likely to fall into my wound or my lungs if they're covered. I realize it's not 100%. Often the argument is, well, no, some still gets around, blah, blah, blah. I didn't claim it to be 100% effective. How about, like, cowboys wearing bandanas in the dusty plains to keep the dirt out of their nose and throat? Isn't that the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, it is, and it works. Doesn't work perfectly, but it works. But again, you know, believe what you want to believe. It's uh, it's been really interesting the last several years. Everybody's so whipped up and partisan and and into their trenches. And I'm not accusing Kevin of this because, like I say, he's a very reasonable guy and very bright. Um, but confirmation bias is like uh, just crazy at this point. I mean, I won't hear a single word if my team is going in the other direction, and vice versa. I want to hear a single word against what we believe. I don't. I don't know. I'm just not made like that. I guess I'm a bad partisan. Pot's bad for you. Speaking of bad medical writing, um, which I'm sure uh, some people accuse us of, regularly using marijuana has long-term harmful effects, regardless of how old the person was when they began smoking. Researchers looking, uh, blah blah blah, gateway drug, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, they found that by age 35, pot users who began at any age were more likely, by at least three times more likely, to be high-risk alcohol drinkers, at least seven times more likely to smoke cigarettes daily, and 20 times more likely to use other drugs. Seven so times the more pot likely causes to, you to do that. Seven times more likely to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. No, it's not a cause and effect thing at all. It's, it's a personality trait. People who tend to put short-term pleasure over long-term planning or long-term benefit. Uh, I smoked pot when I was a kid, well, a young adult. I guess I was a teenager when I started, but, um, and I decided that it was bad for me. It was, it was not doing me any good. It, so, was, but, it was, it was having effects that I did not think were positive, so I stopped. How did they come to a cause and effect there, though, as opposed to cigarette smokers are more likely to smoke pot, which is probably true? Uh, yeah, they don't. It's just, well, it's all, it's all correlation. It, yeah, it seems. Yeah, yeah, and there could be some causation, but I just think it's... alcoholics are more likely to smoke pot, which is also right. probably true. Right. Yeah, the study published in the journal Drug and Alcohol Review. I pick up a copy of that, thinking it's going to tell me what's the best bourbon, where to get the best pot. Drug and Alcohol Review. They're telling me I got to stop. <laughs> this magazine sucks. <laughs> Final thoughts with A and G. Yeah. On a cold night with a spicy food, you should have this bourbon. That's what you were looking for. Exactly. Not telling you to stop. Right. What the hell? Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. He's our technical director pressing the buttons, Michelangelo. Michael? Uh, yeah, I really hope that if that uh, lawyer comes back to court today, the judge is wearing a dog head. <laughs> or at least ask the lawyer if he's been spayed or neutered. Here, here. Positive Sean is our producer. Sean? Yeah, I was a little disappointed that uh, uh, Lawyer Caster isn't going to be on the TV for another day or two. I couldn't take my eyes off of that. That was fascinating to watch him just kind of fill the time. <sighs> so strange. Uh, Jack, a final thought? I'm going to get another COVID test. I'm going to try to do two a week like my town uh, suggests. I'm going to try not to overfill the spittle tube this time and get spit all over the table and my shoes and everywhere and employees are running from all over with wipes trying to clean up my mess 
Oh, that is hilarious. I'm simultaneously sorry I didn't see it and glad I didn't. My final thought is something I've said many times through the years, uh, often when we get angry emails or texts or whatever. Once again, we have failed to please all of the people all of the time. (laughs) And for that, we are deeply ashamed. It is a difficult chore. Yes, yes. Or just the brave little men to attempt it. You see, you only need a tiny amount of spit for the tube. Hardly any at all. Why did you fill it? Because all the paperwork leading up to it was like, you know, really make sure you drink a lot of water. It's very important that you have enough saliva available. So I thought that was the biggest problem people were having. Plus, you're very competitive. Right. You call that spitting in a tube? Watch this. I wanted to be the spittiest guy that showed up all day long. Yes. And I think I accomplished that. Uh Michael, has there been a wrinkle in time? Why is is Final Thoughts so long? If there are any highlights out of what happens with impeachment today, obviously we'll have it tomorrow. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have so many clicks for you under hot links. We have the cat-headed lawyer video. If you haven't seen that yet, you can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Buy some swag, would you? Helps keep the fellows employed. So is the cat lawyer. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Listen up, Jack Wagon. Uh, Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! I'm here live. I'm not a cat. Will almost certainly be so after today's head-to-toe drenching in a Niagara of saccharine sycophancy. So let's just dispense with that fundamental, foundationally nonsense. Pack up your U-Haul, say goodbye to California. See ya in Idaho. Idiots. Okay. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So which one did I say how many times just <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 